students i hope you all are fine so now we start with the fourth chapter animal kingdom so now as we all know there is so much variety of different types of organisms based on their morphology and their metabolic diversity so how do we classify animals okay so there are some fundamental features which are common to various individuals in relation to the arrangement of cells body symmetry nature of coelom patterns of digestive circulatory or reproductive systems so these are the basis on which different kinds of animals are categorized or classified so now we start with the first sub unit levels of organization so all members of animalia are are multicellular but all of them do not exhibit the same pattern of organization of cells like for example in sponges the cells are arranged as loose cell aggregates so they exhibit the cellular level of organization so they do not the cells are like an, the cells function as individuals as loose cell aggregates do not form a tissue or anything like that in sponges okay so now this even in this like there's cells only cells but even then they exhibit some division of labor because different cells are specialized for different functions now moving on after sponges here comes cnidaries or nidaria as you say so in this the arrangement of cells is more complex here the cells perform the same function function are arranged into tissues and hence this is a tissue level of organization so what happens in nidarians is a certain same kind of uh, cells okay so they are like they perform a similar function and this whole aggregation of cells which perform a similar function is called a tissue and thus in nidaria the tissue level of organization is same as we go you know to a higher level of organization the organ level is exhibited by members of platyhelminthes and other phyla where tissues are grouped together to form organs each specialized for a particular function so i think in class 4 or 5 or 6 somewhere you've read this like if your teacher might have told you like first one is cell the basic unit of life then goes the tissues then organs then organ system then organ organism and things like that so this is what is here as we go to higher higher phyla we realize that uh, the or level of organization also becomes complex so in this chapter we'll read through and we'll come to know what kinds of animals are there and what are the basis of classification how are they different from each other so it's very wholesome chapter one thing i like to emphasize is if you open any reference book truman or anything like that you see there's so much in this chapter like if chapter is uh, so thick and i don't know how many examples are given and your teacher might have told you that you know this is a very important question a uh, chapter because so many data is there but that doesn't guarantee you know having so much data in a chapter doesn't guarantee having lots of question in the exam if you look at the previous year questions only basic things have been asked from this question, uh, chapter and that too maybe from ncert if there's some example which is out of the world maybe you need to know a bit extra only to your class notes or something but it is not important for you to you know try to remember the whole damn big reference book and then just regret that you don't remember one thing it you know i've told you before this need journey is a marathon it's not a sprint you do not have to know one chapter to lot of depth and other chapter you will leave it's not like that you have to do everything at a surface level because this is what being asked in question need okay so moving on
Now in animals like annelids, arthropods, mollusks, echinoderms and chordates, organs have associated to form functional systems. Each system concerned with a specific physiological function. So this pattern is called organ system level of organization. So I'll revise it once. In sponges, cellular level, in edarians, tissue level, platyhelminthes, organ level and in annelids, arthropods, mollusks, echinoderms and chordates, organ system level. So now like in of course we know in human body you've read it in lower classes that there's a digestive system there's a circulatory system so in us like we are mammals in we are chordates so in us the organs have associated to form a functional system and each system has got a typical specific physiological function like the digestive system is related with uh, digestion of food the circulatory is for the circulation of blood and all that so it's like that now, the, okay, so now there's some example that is given in the NCERT. It is very important. I'll read it through. So, for example, the digestive system in platyhelminthes has only a single opening to the outside of body that serves as both mouth and anus and is called incomplete digestive system because it's got only one opening in platyhelminthes. Now, a complete digestive system has two openings, mouth and the anus. And similarly, the circulatory system may be of two types. First one is the open type, in which the blood is pumped out of the heart and the cells and tissues are, are directly bathed in it. It's very important because this line is given in NCRT. If it comes into question, maybe you won't know. Maybe you know what is, a, uh, what is the open type of circulation. But here, a line is written, the cells and the tissues are, are directly bathed in the, in, in the blood. Okay. And the second thing is the closed type in which the blood is circulated through a series of vessels of varying diameters like arteries, veins and capillaries. Okay, so following uh, this chapter, maybe there's a chapter called tissues in which we'll study blood and everything in detail. Okay, so second part is symmetry. Animals, we are just talking about the basis of classification. How can we classify organisms? So first was the level of organization. Now second is based on symmetry. So now animals can be categorized on the basis of symmetry. Sponges are mostly asymmetrical. That is any plane that passes through the center does not divide them into equal halves. When any plane passing through the central axis of the body divides the organism into two identical halves, it is called radial symmetry. Cylindrates, tenophores and echinoderms have this kind of body plan. Who have radial symmetry? Cylindrates, okay, cylindrates and idaria are the same thing, okay? because cylindron is the kind of body coelom they have and nidaria means those uh, tentacles and all okay so radial symmetry is uh, found in nidaria tenophores and echinoderms and animals like annelids arthropods etc where the body can be divided into identical left and right halves in only one plane exhibit bilateral symmetry so now we've got three kinds of symmetry first one is asymmetrical in sponges and radial symmetry in edarians tenophores and echinoderms and bilateral symmetry in annelids arthropods chordates all this okay so third uh, basis of classification is the diploblastic and triploblastic orga organization so animals in which the cells are arranged in two embryonic layers which is an external ectoderm and internal endoderm are called diploblastic animals and the example being nidaria. Nidaria is diploblastic. Now an undifferentiated layer mesoglia is present in between the ectoderm and endoderm. So those 
and okay so in these diploblastic organisms which are the nidarians an undifferentiated is present between ectoderm and endoderm and it is called mesoglea there is a diagram given in my book on page 47 uh, right corner down so there is an example of uh, there is a diagram of diploblastic andropleos i think you need to go through it because you need to understand it to the core so mesoglea is found in diploblastic in nidarians now there there's some organism some animals actually this is the animal kingdom so we don't need to emphasize an organism because what all we talking about are the animals okay so those animals in which the developing embryo has a third germinal layer that is called the third germinal layer is called mesoderm in between the ectoderm and endoderm the mesoderm is present and these kinds of organisms are called triploblastic because triple means three diplo means two something like that and triploblastic animals are from platyhelminthes to chordates all all the way okay so platyhelminthes is the first triploblastic animal now th- uh, fourth basis of classification is the coelom so presence of presence or absence of a cavity between the body wall and the gut wall is very important you need to understand what a coelom is actually okay the body cavity which is lined by mesoderm is called coelom the body cavity like the hollow portion between two mesoderms okay which is surrounded by mesoderm on both side is called a coelom animals possessing coelom are called coelomates and the examples being annelids mollusks arthropods echinoderms hemichordates and chordates in some animals the body cavity is not lined by mesoderm and instead the mesoderm is present as scattered pouches in between the ectoderm and endoderm and such a body cavity is called pseudocoelom and the organ- animals possessing them are called pseudocoelomates and example being ascelmentis there are some animals in which the body cavity is absent absolutely absent and these kinds of animals are called coelomates example being platyhelminthes there is also a diagram given in the book i think you need to check it so coelomates annelids mollusks arthropods echinoderms hemichordates and chordates pseudocoelomates ascelmentis and coelomates platyhelminthes one thing i like to emphasize is all nematodes are pseudocoelomates but all pseudocoelomates are not nematodes you know there is a difference between ascelmentis and nematodes ascelmentis includes nematode nematomorpha gastrotrichia and kinorhinia i don't know how the pronunciation is but what i need to tell you that nematode is a kind of ascelmentis in lower classes in class 9th or so we always used to think that okay nematode means round worms that means okay ascelmentis no ascelmentis is a broader thing in which there's a thing called nematode there's a thing called nematophora nematomorpha and gastrotrichia and kinorhinia whatever it is okay so now is fifth classification basis is segmentation in some animals the body is externally and internally divided into segments with a serial repetition of at least some organism or some organs i'm sorry some organs for example in earthworm the body shows this pattern and is called metameric segmentation and this whole phenomena of having external and internal segmentation is called metamerism in earthworm okay now uh, we've got uh, the sixth classification basis that is notochord so notochord is uh, is a mesodermally derived rod like structure formed on the dorsal side during embryonic development in some animals animals with notochord are called chordates and those animals which do not form this structure are called non chordates examples are from porifera to echinoderm so all those organisms from porifera 
sorry porifera which is sponges i'm sorry from porifera to echinoderms is called non chordates and the chordates is a different phylum okay they've got a mesodermally derived rod like structure on their dorsal side during which is formed during embryonic development now okay so second section of the chapter second unit the classification of animals so there's a diagram given on the whole classification thing i don't know if i need to read it through but you need to uh, read it through okay so like on the cellular level mostly asymmetrical oscillomates are there so why it is mostly okay uh okay at a cellu okay there is a level of organization and cellular level and the symmetry is mostly asymmetrical so why not only asymmetrical right mostly because there are some exceptions like in even in sponges leucosolenia and sicon are radially symmetrical so they are not asymmetrical okay that's why it's written mostly one thing i like to tell you is uh the adult echinoderms are pentaradial okay adult echinoderms are pentaradial and adult gastropodan molluscans exhibit secondary asymmetry but the baby matlab the offspring the baby snail is shows a proper symmetry what is secondary asymmetry it's called torsion because the body rotates to 180 degree like the mouth and the anus are 180 degree to each other I think your teacher must have told you maybe not then you should search on the internet in echinoderms the adult shows the pentaradial symmetry whereas the larval form shows the bilateral symmetry so and leucosolenia and sicon are the sponges which are not asymmetrical but are radially symmetrical now in uh, tissue level or organ level organ system level there are two kinds radial and bilateral so in radial or coelomata we've got nidaria antinophora in bilateral oscillometa we've got platyhelminthes pseudocoelomata we've got ascelminthes and bilateral coelomates with true coelome we've got annelida arthropoda mollusk echinoderm hemichordata and chordata so this was a complete overview of what we're going to read now now we'll study each and every phylum in detail it might take long so you can go get a break or something now we'll start okay okay so phylum porifera so porifers are generally marine and mostly asymmetrical animals these are the primitive multicellular animals and have cellular level of organization sponges have a water transport or canal system water enters through minute pores called ostia in the body wall in the central cavity sponges seal for where it goes through the goes out through the osculum so this is very important the water enters through minute pores like plural okay ostia and then it goes into the central body cavity which is called the sponges seal must like coelom but not exactly coelom because they've got only one cell so it's like sponges seal and then the water goes out of the body through one pore which is called osculum now the pathway of water transport is helpful in food gathering respiratory exchange and removal of waste choanocytes or collar cells line the sponges seal and the canals you know every line i'm speaking of a question has come from this the water transport thing the question has come okay and uh, in this the water transport or canal system so the water 
water transport is also called water canal system in sponges this is very important i think in the market because uh, when we read echinoderm so they also have a kind of water system and then you know in the exam the confused questions are being asked from this so now trianocytes or okay collar cells line the spongocele and the canals digestion is intracellular you know this is very basic kinds of distinction between the phylums intracellular digestion or intracellular okay so in porifera digestion is intracellular the body is supported by a skeleton made up of spicules or spongin fibers sexes are not separate so they are hermaphrodites bisexual and sponges reproduce asexually by fragmentation and sexually by formation of gametes fertilization is internal and development is indirect having a larval stage which is morphologically distinct from the adult so sponges reproduce asexually by fragmentation and sexually by formation of gametes as you know and the fertilization is internal okay and development is indirect so they have a larval stage which is morphologically distinct different from the adult they've got the paragastric cavity in them so and so there are some diagrams given in the book uh, you need to know which one's which like sicon is this one and you spongia is this one spongilla is this one because questions can come from this okay they have come and okay the sicon is common name is kaifa spongilla the common name is freshwater sponge and you spongia the common name is bat sponge sponge because bat sponge okay second is phylum cilentrata or nidaria they are aquatic mostly marine sessile or free living radially symmetrical animals the name nidaria is derived from nidoblast or nidosis which contain the stringent capsules or nematocysts so i think you watched something on the discovery channel when you was young something like the jellyfish attacking a person uh, attacking the nervous system of an of of a man or woman something like that so yeah jellyfish come under this nidaria so they've got uh, like they've got tentacles and all those stringent nematocysts and nidoblasts so they just hamper the nervous system of the victim <laughs> nidarians are used nidoblasts are used for anchorage defense and the capture of prey nidarians exhibit tissue level of organization and are diploblastic see we are just repeating the same things we've read and just we are going into a bit more detail they have a central gastrovascular cavity with a single opening mouth on hypostome so even like like even the poriferans had uh, like minute pores os Periferans have got minute pores to enter water into the body called ostia, and one osculum, one pore osculum to exit out the water. But in nidarians, there is a single opening, and that is called the hypostome. Okay. Now the digestion is extracellular and intracellular. We studied in Porifera. You know, in this chapter, we all have to talk in relative terms. We studied this in Porifera, and in Nidaria, this is this. This is the way you learn. Okay. You cannot learn each phylum individually. you have to relate it in your mind so that's what i'm doing so poriferans digestion was intracellular but in nidarians the digestion is extracellular and intracellular as well
some of the nidarians for example the corals have got a skeleton composed of calcium carbonate and nidarians exhibit two basic body forms called polyps and medusa one thing i like to emphasize is medusa and polyps they both are diploid okay this is come in a que- as a question in some year and people did it wrong so the former type which is the polyps is sessile and cylindrical and is formed in uh, in hydra or adamsia whereas the medusa is a umbrella shaped and free living form found in aurelia or jellyfish so there's a diagram there are two diagrams given like of medusa which is umbrella shaped or free living and polyps which is sessile and cylindrical i'm saying the same things again and again just to get it registered in your mind i've got no other cause for it okay so now go through these diagrams you'll understand it and there's some nidarians which exhibit both forms like they exhibit alternation of generation which is which is called metagenesis in them that is the polyps produce medusa asexually and the medusa forms the polyps sexually and this and this metagenesis is fo- found in obelia so these are the examples you need to know physelia is the portuguese man of war adamsia is the sea anemone Penatula is the sea pen, Gorgonia is the sea fan, and Meandrina is the brain coral. So all those corals we read of, of, of here, uh, we hear of in Lakshadweep Islands and all that. The corals are nidarians actually. Okay. So now the next phylum, phylum Tenophora. Tenophores, known as sea walnuts or comb jellies, are exclusively marine. Exclusively marine means they are just found in marine waters. They are not found in fresh water or anything else in aquatic forms. It's only found in marine forms. And the tenophores are radially symmetrical diploblastic organisms which tissue level of organization. They are tissue level, okay. The body bears eight external rows of ciliated comb plates which help in locomotion. So this line you need to remember to, in tenophores, the body bears eight external rows of ciliated comb plates which help in locomotion digestion is both extracellular and intracellular now they've got a characteristic feature which is bioluminescence bioluminescence means the property of a living organism to emit light so this is very well marked in tenophores sexes are not separate so they are hermaphrodites and reproduction takes place mainly by sexual means Fertilization is external and indirect development. Examples being Pleurobrachia and Tenoplana. So this is a very short kind of phylum and there's one diagram of Pleurobrachia given. You need to remember everything, okay? So phylum Platyhelminthes. They have dorsally, dorsoventrally flattened body and thus are called flatworms. They are like flattened from the dorsoventral axis they are mostly endoparasites found in animals including in human beings flatworms are bilaterally symmetrical triploblastic and oscillomate animals with organ level of organization every word i'm speaking is important they are bilaterally symmetrical triploblastic oscillomate and they've got an organ level of organization hooks and suckers are present in parasitic forms of course we'll read it about in uh, different chapters like parasites have got hooks and suckers to absorb the nutrients and all from the host some of them absorb nutrients from the host directly through their body surface specialized cells called flame cells help in osmoregulation and excretion they've got a thing called flame cells which are also called solenocytes and this flame cells or solenocytes is also found in cephalochordates we'll study about it later and sexes are not separate hermaphrodites 
fertilization is internal and development is through many larval stages okay some members like planaria possess high regeneration capacity examples are tinea which is the tapeworm found in humans and fasciola which is a liver fluke so and in their diagrams also given and you need to know them okay now turning on we've got phylum ascalmentis so the body of ascalmentis is circular in cross section and hence they are called round worms they may be free living aquatic and terrestrial or parasitic in plants and animals Roundworms have organ system level of body organization. They are bilaterally symmetrical, triploblastic and pseudocoelomate animals. Elementary canal is complete with a well developed muscular pharynx. Complete means they've got two openings. An excretory tube removes body waste from the body cavity through the excretory pore and like there's a there's an H-shaped rennet cell. in the excretory system sexes are separate so they are dioecious like they are not bisexual they are like us <laughs> i mean i don't know okay so males and females are distinct and often the females are longer than males there's a diagram given you can see the females got a bigger length than the male and fertilization is internal and development may be direct or indirect examples are ascaris which is a roundworm Vucheraria, which is the filaria worm, and Ankylostoma, which is the hookworm. So we'll study about Vucheraria, which causes filariasis in different organisms in the class 12 chapter called Human Health and Diseases, and we'll study about Ascaris even there. Okay. So now Phylum Annelida. I'm I'm going a bit fast because there's nothing I can explain here. It's just to remember. And once I've told you, you can listen to this podcast whenever you like, and just go to the diagrams also because these kinds of questions have come. Phylum Annelida. Annelida. They may be aquatic, both marine and freshwater, or terrestrial, free-living, and sometimes parasitic. They exhibit organ system level of body organization and bilateral symmetry. They are triploblastic, metamerically segmented, and coelomate animals. Their body surface is distinctly marked out into segments or metamers, and hence the phylum name Annelids, which because annulus means little ring in Latin. Okay, they possess longitudinal and circular muscles which help in locomotion. This line is very important because it's been asked which phylum or something like that has got the circular and longitudinal muscles which help in locomotion. Answer is annelida. Aquatic annelids like Nereids possess lateral appendages called parapodia which helps in swimming and this parapodia also helps in respiration. A closed circulatory system is present. Nephridia helps in osmoregulation and excretion. Neural system consists of paired ganglia connected by lateral nerves to a double ventral nerve cord. Nereus is an aquatic form is dioecious. Unisexual, but earthworm and leeches are monoecious which means bisexual. Reproduction is sexual. So examples are Nereus Ferretima, which is the earthworm, and Hirudinaria, which is a blood-sucking leech. So there's a uh, whole section of the earthworm in the chapter in the following chapter called tissues. So we'll study about earthworm in detail there. It's just like you need to remember all this, and especially about Nereus, which is unisexual. Now phylum Arthropoda. This is the largest phylum of Animalia, which mainly includes insects. 
over two thirds of all named species in earth are arthropods you need to remember the exact thing over two thirds if the question comes one third four third three third two third something like that you might get confused or one four two four two third four third something like that so you need to know two thirds of all named species on earth are arthropods they've got organ system level of organization they are bilaterally symmetrical triploblastic and coelomate animals the body of arthropods is covered by chitinous exoskeleton the body exoskeleton the body consists of head thorax head thorax and abdomen they have jointed appendages because arthros means joint and poda means appendages so that's the characteristic feature they have and respiratory organs are gills book gills book lungs or tracheal system circulatory system is of open type sensory organs like antenna eyes eyes are both compound and simple and statocysts are present statocysts are basically the balancing organs and one thing i like to tell you is the statocyst is found in arthropods mollusks and annelida okay this is important these are the balancing sense organs which are found in annelida mollusks and arthropoda now excretion takes place in arthropods through malpighian tubules they are mostly dioecious which means unisexual fertilization fertilization is usually internal they are mostly oviparous laying eggs development may be direct or indirect and there are some examples of economically important insects because there's so many insects they had a lot of hard work to do to categorize each and every insect so they have given some economically important insects for us first one is apis which is a honey bee in bee wax and honey and all that industry bombyx is a silkworm silk lacifer is a lac insect vectors okay there's some vectors to transmit the diseases first one is anifelis culex and adis these are the mosquitoes actually and there's a gregarious pest called locusta which is a locust i think you all are aware of the recent locust attack that happened in india this year 2020 uh, so these are the gregarious pests gregarious means sociable <laughs> okay so there's a living fossil called limulus in which is actually a king crab so all those crustaceans prawns butterflies scorpions everything is in arthropoda all the insects even the ants okay second one the second largest animal phylum is the phylum mollusca mollusks are terrestrial or aquatic which is marine or freshwater having no organ system sorry having an organ system level of organization they are bilaterally symmetrical triploblastic and coelomate animals body is covered by a calcareous shell calcareous means consisting of calcium and is unsegmented unsegmented with a distinct head muscular foot and visceral hump so in arthropods the body was divided into head thorax and abdomen but in mollusks the body is divided into head muscular foot and visceral hump a soft and spongy layer of skin forms a mantle over the visceral hump and the space between the hump and the mantle is called the mantle cavity in which pedal like gills are present they have respiratory and excretory functions the anterior head design has sensory tentacles the mouth contains a file like rasping organ for feeding which is called radula and this radula is absent in pink tara pink tara is the 
pearl oyster pintara fucata okay and mollusks are generally dioecious and oviparous with indirect development the examples being pila the apple snail the snail that you've seen in a garden or somewhere and then the pintara which is the pearl oyster you might have watched it in ads or movies and sepia is the cuttlefish okay one more thing is uh, cuttlefish 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 okay sepia is a cuttlefish and loligo is a squid octopus is a devil fish octopus is called devil fish to so any oswald fans i'm sorry and aplysia is sea hare dentalium is tusk shell and chitoplera is the chiton these are the examples you need to remember each and every one of them okay so now phylum echinodermata i think you all have wondered about starfish when you were young but when you actually saw it in a biology lab you were you were disappointed like okay this is what a starfish looks like i've had so big assumptions about it so this is the phylum of the starfish and a lot of other things too so phylum echinodermata these animals have an endoskeleton of calcareous ossicles and hence the name echinodermata because echinodermata means dermata is the skin body echino means the spine the spiny body all are marine that is exclusively marine with organ system level of organization the adult echinoderms are radially symmetrical but larva are bilaterally symmetrical they are triploblastic and coelomate animals digestive system is complete with mouth on the lower ventral side and anus on the upper dorsal side so they are they are always on the substratum with their face down because the lower side is the ventral side and the upper side is the dorsal side and mouth is present in the ventral or lower side the most distinctive feature of echinoderms is the presence of water vascular system which helps in locomotion capture and transport of food and also in respiration one thing is water vascular system is found in echinoderms whereas water canal system is found in poriferans this thing has come so many times in exams and people have done it wrong thousand times so you need to remember water vascular system in echinoderms and water canal system in poriferans okay great and excretory system is absent sexes are separate reproduction is sexual fertilization is usually external because they're exclusively marine so water is the basis of fertilization and development is indirect with free swimming larva so their larva is bilaterally symmetrical free living a free swimming whereas the adult form is benta radially symmetrical and um what and sessile <laughs> okay sorry for the pause now the examples are asterisk which is a starfish echinus which is the sea urchin antedon which is a sea lily cucumeria which is a sea cucumber and ophiura which is a brittle star you need to remember everything now phylum hemichordata Hemichordates was earlier considered as a subphylum under phylum Chordata but now it is placed as a separate phylum and hemichord under non-chordata hemichordata so earlier hemichordata was a subphylum under chordata now they are under non-chordata and they are a separate phylum hemichordata have a red uh, rudimentary structure in the collar region called stomatochord which is also called buccal diverticulum and it is quite similar in structure to notochord so there is a diagram given of balanoglossus you can see 
in the collar region collar is the middle region they've got a distinctive organic uh, like structure which is a rudimentary structure rudimentary means very basic non-developed non-primitive kind of structure which is called strom stomochord also called buccal diverticulum which is similar to notochord in structure that's why they're called hemichordata because they've not got a proper notochord but a kind of thing called a kind of thing similar in structure to notochord this phylum consists of a small group of worm-like marine animals with organ system level of organization. They are bilaterally symmetrical, triploblastic and coelomate animals. The body is cylindrical and is composed of an anterior proboscis, a collar and long trunk. Upper portion is the proboscis, anterior, middle one is the collar and the trunk. In atropod, the body was divided into head, thorax, and abdomen. In mollusk, the body was divided into head, muscular fit, feet, and visceral hump. And in hemichordate, the body is divided into anterior proboscis, collar, and trunk. This is how you need to remember everything, okay? Circulatory system is of open type. Respiration takes place through gills. Excretory system is proboscis gland. So the anterior portion is their excretory organ. Sexes are separate, fertilization is external, development is direct. Examples being balanoglossus and sacoglossus. So, one thing you need to emphasize is in hemichordates, there is no head. Okay. One more thing is, in hemichordates, arthropods and mollusks, the open kind of circulation, circulatory system is seen. But in arthropods and mollusks, it is called hemocele. In hemichordates, it is not called hemocele. Now I think I need to take a rest and you too guys because uh, we'll be starting in next session we'll be starting chordates and we'll go all through details in them. We'll go through all the classes and everything. So I think that's what's it for today. You know all the non-chordates are complete. So take a rest. Bye bye. Take care. All the best. And 2020. Woohoo!